Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, the podcast for the busy gamer. As always, I am the energy sphere known as Michael, and I'm joined by a confused boy who's bad at puzzles, Matt. Yeah, it's so hard. And rectified champion of the world, Adrian. It was me, I did it. I'm Which the champion of the I belt. hotly contest because no. I blasted through this game in about, I don't know, 10 minutes. Try sub five, mate. Sub five. Get in, my, get in my any percent level. It would be sub five if it wasn't an alpha game. <laughs> yes, that's yes. true. This is a an alpha game that was made for the Global Game Jam uh, in January this year in 2018. Made in 48 hours by four uh, talented people. We have Chris Head, David Keep, Hayden Lander, and... Uh, Jacob Crack, who we will have an interview with later on, which is very cool. I'm looking forward to that because not even I have listened to it yet. That's right. It's just me and Matt because young Michael is too busy. We, we can only fit on three holiday. people. We can only fit three people in this room at once. That's true, and he is a better co-host than you. He, That's he very easy to do. <laughs> Well, so see, what what he did was is he had these balls of energy which allowed him to come in and overtake your position, I think. Yeah, I just sort of floated upwards or and or sideways out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, don't worry, I'll be back. I'm always back. Yeah, now we're uh, now we're stuck with you again. But yeah, rectify was the game we played. Um, you, you, now, the listener won't have played it already, um, but I will say you will have access to the game. I have gotten permission to release the build we played to you, the people, to play and enjoy and submit feedback because they will be uh, working on this game a little more and hopefully hoping to expand the ideas uh, into some sort of more fully-fledged, more polished game, which is very cool. I'm very, Look I'd at be you, very you lucky ducks, getting a copy of Rectified just on us. Pre-alpha. You're so welcome. You got you to take it with a grain of salt. I hope that they definitely, like, I hope they do expand on this. I hope it becomes a full-fledged game um, because I think I'm mostly in it for, I'm not going to lie, for the lore because it's got a mysterious kind of aesthetic and like you just plunked in this world where you can see there's magical technology and I'm the kind of gamer that's like, why is this there? What does this mean? Why can't I figure out this bridge puzzle? So it's reminds me of things like Portal, Talos Principle, um, what other first person puzzle based uh, it's like a, a more, I guess, in, immersive version of like The Witness. Yeah, uh, it's got it's and it's got similar like, it's got a similar look in the colors, but a bit more purple and bluey than um, The Witness. Um, yeah, it's very good, and I I think the thing that really helps it along is the art style, because that like low poly look just i don't know it just sits perfectly i don't know what they've done but it looks it's a very good game to look at it's all sort of it's low poly but it's it, it sort of works and there is a smoothness to it it's all like geometric shapes yeah triangles everywhere all flat like kind of colors um 
but the mountain scenery it's actually it's like minimalistically beautiful for something yeah. that was made in like 48 hours it's like oh it's quite nice however you have you seen your own shadow <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh we, just we, a blob yeah we bring i did that poke up fun at yes i poked fun at it uh expecting to be cheeky but got a very well thought out answer very uh, reasonable response yeah oh really uh, yes. which is essentially i don't spoil it's the it. bet it's okay all right all right <laughs> well let you listen Michael can listen to it as well. He yeah, you don't won't. want people to just like get to this part of the podcast and be like, "Oh, well, that's Let the me interview." Summarize the I'm whole done. interview. <laughs> um, I was just thinking. So, the style that this looks like is called on Reddit. I think is called Outrun, and essentially, it's like '80s synthwave style. Yeah, um, I could see that. Okay, and but to me, what it speaks to me when I look at it. I get nostalgic in a sense, and I realized it's because of the low poly, which is a very good and kind of almost like it's an upcoming art style that a lot of people are doing um, these days. It's just a very aesthetically pleasing thing uh, on all my like graphic designer places that I go and wish that I actually was a graphic designer. Um, But to me, I look at it and I go... It's a Nintendo 64 game, but <laughs> yeah. the future as well. So that Outrun is that very Tron, uh, Far Cry, Blood Dragon style of artwork. 80s fluoros and synths. Lots of lines, neon. It definitely feels like it pulls some inspiration from that. I particularly liked looking up into the sky and seeing the giant rocks floating, but connected with those like waves of energy, strings of energy. And like, and yeah, like Matt was saying with the law, just like going like, Oh, what's going on here? Oh, is this just another giant like energy cube? Are we inside an energy cube? What's going on? Well, I thought that it was building up to going to one of the floating rocks, but it didn't. And of course, because it was, you know, 48 hours, it's more of like building a, a, I guess they had to end it somehow, otherwise your game and doesn't so they keep end. It focused on your island, which in the center is a mountain. Yeah, and a nice big laser. Uh, when you do get to the end and it has those sounds start happening, I was like, for some reason my brain was like, because it sounded very threatening, the, the noises. Yes. So I yes. was just like, are they going to... Like I was like, kind of looked to the sun and was like, I feel like this is they're going to shoot the sun <laughs> or something or like shoot the rocks in the sky. But then it... Uh, did something else and uh, obviously like because the game is done so well it's disappointing that nothing there's nothing there's no uh, reward but it's completely understandable because it was you know it's a pre-alpha it's just a proof of concept and it's based on the 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 theme of the the global game jam so I was like, like it, I mean, that's to me is a good sign because it's like it's so good that it makes me want to. It's so good that when it didn't have like a an ending that kind of matched, it was just like, ah. But I okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like uh, I forgive. Yeah, for what it is already, you think that it will just continue to be so good. Like I was honestly expecting it to go on 
Like just from the start, I was expecting, oh great, I've got to go through like eight hours of this. I don't have eight hours in, like, I was looking at my week because I went away for a week on holiday and I'm thinking, I don't have eight hours to do. It's not that long, but it feels like it should be. It Like, it already, like, again, <laughs> compare this to one of the games that I'm less favorable towards that we've done in the podcast. For example, Fallout Tactics. I wish Fallout Tactics was as long as this, and I wish <laughs> that this was as long as Fallout Tactics. Yeah, it definitely, because um, when I was talking to him and I was like, oh yeah, because I was thinking of playing this on the stream, but I, I knew because it was a, ga- a game jam game, it was going to be very short. And I asked him and he's like, oh, it's probably like half an hour, an hour. I'm like, okay, I can set time aside to do that. And I even finished it quicker quicker than that. So I think it, in total, I probably spent like 40 minutes on it. Um, I played it through a couple of times and then I was like, I reckon I can speed run this. And so I did. And here is a little challenge for anyone who, who's listening and downloading the game. See if you can beat my time of, I can't remember what it, I think it was four minutes 50. Like, Ooh. dang. Which like feels longer than it should be. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I reckon I can do this in like two minutes. But then it was like four minutes 50. But I'd like, I had done the optimization, man. I spent, I spent minutes figuring out which angles I could jump on because the character <laughs> is very floaty. Um, but, I think it kind of suits. Like, I like the floatiness of it. I like the physics in general in this game is very good. I like picking up the ball and kind of like, there was a point where I was just like spinning around, flicking it and watching it kind of like follow me around. The physics, I think, I, when I was playing it, it was like, okay, yeah, this is this is very um, kind of alpha stuff, especially with the jumping. Because for me, there was one... At the very start, at the very, very start, you need to kind of climb up a boulder. I just couldn't do it because the physics was so, like, in some circumstances and angles, I should say, they're really floaty. But then in others, you are anchored to the ground. And so getting up on that first rock, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, there's a few points where, like, I think it's after, yeah, after you do the big ball, you try it into the slot it lowers a bunch of rocks and you gotta like jump up them to get to the next like area just like a bit janky and like jumping and like hitting a corner but just stopping and not being able to like yeah. move or, move or did, anything did you ever get stuck on that big ball <laughs> on uh, oh yes that big ball uh, yes it was kind of weird to push around yeah the problem I had with the physics was it's like the second or third puzzle that involves like the trolley and the gears. Yeah. Did not have to do it because you build up inertia and if you run up the ramp, you just shoot straight over the jump that it's supposed to help you with. Oh, shit. He's under my speed running tactics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I figured that out as well. Um, and one of the but things... then you couldn't jump up a tiny step. Yeah, you have to like get over, you have to clear it completely. Otherwise, you just get stuck. Um, but I did spend some time like trying to find like angles to jump because it's very low poly that you can see the angles to jump at to kind of get you like, to keep the momentum going. Uh, but that, that bridge one, me and Matt both had the same thought of like, are we supposed to stop the bridge from spinning? 
like when you're doing the puzzle, yeah, you kind of get the, the the ball in the spot on the trolley, and then the thing spins. And I was like, do I now have to move it away and hope that the bridge is like lined up so I can like make small jumps? Because even when it was spinning, I'd like jump and like overshoot or undershoot and then yeah. die and be like, damn, oh. there goes my collection of balls. Yeah, and I was thinking, this is so unreasonable. How am I supposed to get it perfectly, even if I know where the bridge is at at that time? I can't reasonably be expected to fix it. At the- and then it was just, ah, no, it's supposed to spin. Okay. Understandable. It makes it more fun. Spinning well, around. yeah, spinning bridge versus a stationary bridge. I mean, I got stationary bridges in real life. I want that energy field <laughs> rectified spinning bridge. It's <laughs> rectified. The, it's rectified. Here's a question for you guys. How quickly did you pick up on the game mechanics at that first puzzle, for example, and the second one and so on? I think like, literally instantly. I was like, I get this. Yes, because especially because you have usually like a line of energy going to the ball early on, even when it's on the other side of a rock. It's sort of telling you straight away what you need to know. The thing I didn't do was read the inputs. And so when I first fired up the game, I was kicking the balls everywhere. <laughs> and that was a that was a total pain in the ass. And on the first puzzle, in like the first minute, I got jammed on a rock. Oh, no. I didn't want to know what to do. And eventually it reset me. But then later when that happened, it didn't reset me and I had to just close the game. Yeah. Dang. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a game of uh, consequences. Rectifier. It really punishes you. <laughs> it's the Dark Souls of global game jam games. <laughs> um, I did, I'm actually just looked at the controls. I did not know you can adjust the distance with your ma- mouse wheel. I didn't know that. As in the distance of the ball? Yeah. I'm going to have to update my speed run. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> hang on, I've got... That's pretty well, like, there have been games where you pick up objects like this before, but I've never seen, seen that, and that's, that's a good addition, I think. Uh, but that first, so there's the first puzzle with the bridge, and then there's the wall that you bring down. Took me yes. longer than I'd like to admit to figure out what to do there because I was like I just had the one ball and there were lines going to both things I was like do I have to stick it like perfectly in the middle because it was like raising and lowering just a tad if I moved it in different directions I was like is there like an optimal spot it needs to be Uh, uh." yeah this is the one where you've got the three uh, transmission no no this is the first wall I'm talking about oh the very first one just with the two yeah okay and then I finally like Notice like that tiny little line that's going through the rock, and I was like, "Oh, you got to go around." Yeah, I actually I did that one first. I forget how with just the one ball, I managed to somehow cheese it. I don't know how, um, and it wasn't until a second play through that I was like, "Oh, there's another ball here. That makes my life a lot more easier." And then I stole one of the balls and kept it for the rest of my playthrough, which I didn't need to do. <laughs> yeah. I was like thinking like, do I have to keep some of these for like later? Especially like, yeah, when it came to that uh, trolley one and it's like, there's two there. I was like, do I need two? I don't have two. Where's the other one? (laughs) 
I, I have some feedback actually to for Jacob or 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 Hayden, David, Chris, whoever if anyone's listening to this one, I reckon after you pass a threshold of a puzzle, right? So you know how like in Portal they have the emancipation grids, which like say you've got a companion cube, you walk through it, the cube dissolves. Yeah. And naturally you'd think, okay, they need to do that for this because it's um you know, you don't want it messing up future puzzles, especially if they extend the game, make more puzzles. But then um, I f- think, and this may or may not be confirmed later in the podcast, it's nice to take the balls. It's fun. It's like you want to keep them. They're your friends. Yeah. What if they're like, be- once you finished a puzzle, they just began orbiting you and they were like oh. your friends. And then at the end of the level, like you go to the big uh, sky laser installer installment, um, and then all the balls you've collected are like, oh yeah, energy, ooh, nice. Like I love that idea because they come with you, but I like the that the like they're not necessary because I started doing the same thing. I figured out which ones I could take with me, and I was like trying to lug like four balls around to like the end of the map just to just for my own enjoyment Uh, but i'm like that's a great way to do like easter eggs or like alternate ways to do puzzles or like some achievement thing where it's like get five balls to the end instead of just the one that's there and you know you can uh, you unlock secret ending like this is kind of stuff (laughs) they can think about for like a full game release how about we just design the full release for them guys thank you for rectify thanks for the base game but we're going to take it off your hands now yeah, I think I, I think, think they'll be okay with that. It's open source. Global Game Jam stuff is all open source. So yeah, we'll we'll figure out how to use Unity. I mean, we'll just read your code, reverse engineer it, and then we'll just make something better. I think that's what we're saying here is we can make a better game. <laughs> Jeez, I don't <laughs> look. If again, if we're talking about Fallout Tactics or the Grinch, yeah, I'm confident I could make a better game. <laughs> Probably within twelve months of like Start learning how to make a game and then build a game. But this is actually, for what it is, obviously it doesn't have a lot to it, but what it does do, it do well. Well, like, creating puzzles for for games are very hard. Like, creating good ones that are, you know, challenging and aren't, like, super easy. Like, I'd say, like, the first good puzzle in this is the trolley one, right? And then then the one that, like, the one that's really good that I really enjoyed was the three rectifier receivers and having to try and place that ball in the exact right spot. I found yeah. that frustrating because I didn't understand that that's what it wanted me to do. I actually thought it was bugging out. Ah, right, because the things like snap open and close so quickly. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't being made clear that that was supposed to be happening. Yeah, because every other time you need to be as close to the thing as possible. Yeah. And that's the first time it introduces like it has to be in a spot. So maybe a different looking uh, rectifier would be like a good sign to be like, this isn't normal, but it's something you, you know. But yeah. Something, I think if they the could have the, because how it sort of slides out of the way, if that was more fluid and responsive to your movements, that as you get closer to one, it could close or slide open more it'd be more evident but it was just almost going like 
I'm in the box, I'm out of the box. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're like, what? what's happened? <laughs> Maybe like a little, like instead of having them, like have them be like bolts in a thing and then you get all the bolts out and then a door raises or lowers or something. But, you know, 48 hours, this is what they came out with. And like oh, that yeah. aside, it's still very good. Um, but I would definitely say if they're going to expand this into a more fully fledged game, you got to differentiate those receivers and and at least introduce that mechanic in a more simple way. Um, because there was a few times where I thought that was what was going to happen, like with the first door and even with the uh, trolley. I was like, oh, there's two that are close by. So I was like sticking it in the middle and like nothing happened. And I like moved it slightly to the left and it started to just roll very slowly. And I was like, okay. So my first playthrough, I just let the trolley go really slowly across. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is how it's done. <laughs> Does the Global Game Jam have awards? Um, I don't think so. No, possibly doesn't, doesn't look like they. Because I feel like I don't know. There's a lot of this. This game has a lot of potential. I reckon. Like, and usually when I say that about a game, it's a bad thing because the game's already been released, and it's like <laughs> this. This had a lot of potential, but this one, it's like it hasn't released yet. It's got a lot like this. Is good. I like it. It looks good. Feels good. Some most of the time. <laughs> yeah, like for forty-eight hours, and then maybe like another two hours of polishing or something like that. It's like a very good short little burst experience, and like yeah. even like you can get like forty minutes an hour out of this if you really want to like go into some sort of speed running, legitimate speed running uh, exercise. Um, and it's a great little like demo to just be like, this is what this game could be. I could see, definitely see it being a, you know, indie title. You pick it up on Steam for five bucks, and it's got a bunch of levels. Doesn't even need a story. It can be completely ambiguous as it is at the ending. You could just have that running the whole time, just sort of teasing at something. And I've seen much worse games get off the ground, like. I really think that the guys should should pursue a more complete version of this game. Definitely. Definitely keep it like similar style. Mm. Just, yeah, boast whilst more puzzles. Like this is, and I imagine this is the hardest stuff would be to create good puzzles um, uh, that, you know, increasing in difficulty and introduce new mechanics. Um, so, yeah, definitely be good. I, I definitely get behind a fully fledged like even for an indie game like two to three hours for like ten bucks is like a very is a fairly good value I reckon. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we take these guys and just lock them in a <laughs> room for forty another forty eight hours. Like if they did this in forty eight hours, <laughs> what, what they could create so much more. They could uh, double. They could double it. Are you saying we should force them to do a no time to grind game jam? <laughs> no time to game jam. There you go. And and much like global game jam, they get no reward for it. They're just stuck for forty eight hours. I just keep thinking of the movie Forty Eight Hours and another forty eight hours with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Both of which this game like is better than. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's uh, no false. that's that's pretty accurate it was very early Eddie <laughs> Murphy 
Actually, out of, out of curiosity, as we start to kind of wrap up this discussion and get into the interview, how long What's do your each of you spend? Eddie Murphy movie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, well, well, that's one. That's that's next episode. Okay. Spoilers. Next game is the the what is it? The Nutty Professor. No, imagine if there was a video game of that. Um, <laughs> how long did you spend? How long did each of you spend uh, playing this? I want to say forty minutes. Uh, probably half an hour, all up across mm-hmm. kind of two sessions. Because of the first one, uh, I turned off because I got stuck. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like I think physically it's... stuck, not puzzle stuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's about right. I think that's a good amount of time to play this and like get around it. So, if you're listening to it, download it. I'll give you the link right now. Uh, the link. If you, I'll, I'll also post it in the, the the description of the podcast and when we go to put it on our Facebook page. But if you're listening right now, pop open a browser. Go to goo.gl forward slash capital E, lowercase j, uppercase g, lowercase o, uppercase u, and a nine. It's a nice short little link for you and download it. And then, not a nine. Yeah, not a nine, just nine. Just you. So take take his capitals and whatnot. It would be ejgou9. Okay. Yes. There's no A. <laughs> There's no way. Otherwise, just look in the description of the podcast. You'll find it there or on our Facebook page. You can check it out, download it. Send us any feedback you have about the game. Tell us what you think. Um, and we'll pass feedback on to Jacob. I think he said uh, Jacob the Maker on Twitter and Twitch if you want to get in touch with him uh, and give him feedback directly. Anything else to say about Rectifier? Yes. I'm looking at Global Game Jam games, and mind you, I've not even scraped the surface, but I am confident to say that this is probably in the top five, if not the top ten, because these are so bad. Like, one of these I'm looking at, right? One of these, where is it? I've lost it. Battle for Uglandia. A 2D oblique game about saving the world from four monsters to save Uglandia and show the way for the people of Uglandia. This is oh. That's awful. <laughs> well, I mean, people did what they could in 48 hours. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bash too hard. I've played some of these uh, games from previous years, and there are some really great ideas, uh, which is what the whole thing's about. You know, kind of just getting together, spending some time to create, and coming up with new ideas. Uh, and some great games have come out of them. But uh, now we're going to move on from Rectifier and Global Games, Global Game Jam. Moving on to the next episode of No Time to Grind, which is a game picked by Matthew. Would you Ooh. like to reveal? Yes. So we've just played a indie game. Now we're going to play a massively multiplayer game. Uh, from from no money. To corporation money. <laughs> uh, to subscriptions. There, I've pulled up the website. There are currently 34,675 people playing. So it's not the what biggest is... It's not the biggest thing in the world. Uh, it's RuneScape. Oh, oh, of course it is. Is there that time? Is it that time? <laughs> it's that time. RuneScape. Old school RuneScape, specifically. Okay. All right. And my, for... Do my old logins still work? They should still work because mine still works. I checked. I don't even 
like remember it's been literally over a decade do i have to Holy go to a different moly. website to runescape.com um yes i believe it's oldschool.runescape.com is the one we're going to play and i think part of the reason i played this is to really pump up so the point of this is that we discuss a game but we're supposed to play it together oh. including the audience and now this is a free game um, Rectify is technically free. You can get the copy. You can download download it now. You should have already done it because we did give you the link. Um, but you can't talk about it to us now. It's too late. Well, you can. You can always talk about a game. Any game we've played. Any game we haven't played as well. Uh, but this one is so accessible that anyone can play and we can talk about it. I feel like this is this is going to be a very very important one to to. This is a milestone. I feel like this is a milestone <laughs> in the no time to grind list of games. Well, I can't currently log in. <laughs> oh no! I don't know the password. Um, also, I was thinking. So, for those who are fans of us, and uh, so basically just Casey. Um, this game is a game we can play while we're we can mine, like we can be in the Falador mines while we're just doing a hunt Monster Hunter. Still, <laughs> <laughs> is this just you trying to get us to play more Monster Hunter? No, I'm just trying to play as many games with you as I can because we're busy boys. We don't have enough time. Busy boys. I think this would be a great game to play on on stream. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna <laughs> be many, great. How many people can come along and tell us? You're doing it wrong. That's that's just the title of our stream. Uh, Grand Time TV, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Do- we are doing it wrong. Please yell at us. If you want to come watch us play, uh, grindtime underscore TV on Twitch. Uh, we're playing a bunch of games. We had a very good stream the other day. Uh, like, And I want to keep that positivity going. So come and check us out. Uh, give us a like on Facebook too to stay posted. You get, we'll give you the link as well for the uh, the the rectifier download, and subscribe, review on uh, on iTunes and whatever podcast app you use. It really helps us out, and it's uh, it keeps it going, which is what we love to do. Thank you. You're a good person for supporting the indie industry, the yeah. industry, if you will. I'd really be keen to hear people's thoughts on it, uh, um, on Rectifier and how it how it's kind of going and what they think it could end up. Sorry, I'm logging into RuneScape. <laughs> oh, it's already <laughs> begun. <laughs> so I guess I mean, we'll... one of my accounts seems to work. This is I very guess, strange. I guess we should <laughs> start playing. Uh We'll see. We'll see you guys out. And what's the what's the realm? What's the world called in RuneScape? RuneScapeio. Um. Oh, Gillianor. Gillianor. I think. Gillianor. We'll see you out in Gillianor. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Adrian. I've been Michael. And I've been Matt. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. See ya. Oh wait, no. Here's the interview now. See ya. <laughs> Enjoy.
Welcome to the interview section of episode 20 of No Time to Grind. Uh, I'm Adrian, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And my... Oh, actually, no, hold on. Is he here? No, he's not here. Matt, where is he? Um, he's He didn't figure out the puzzles. He's still he, stuck. <laughs> he's still stuck in the game we've been covering, which I think we might have already talked about. I'm not sure. I haven't decided where I'm putting this interview before or after, but it is Rectifier, and with us... I have one of the creators, Jacob. Hello. That's me. Hey, man. That's you. Not much. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for being on this podcast. And thanks for letting us play your game. That's all good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks no for playing it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, let's just give a quick good, like a quick review. I, I had a good time in the like 20 minutes, half an hour I played it. 20 minutes, half an hour. Nice. Really? It took took me <laughs> eight Oh, I played it through like four times. I'm basically the world's proest rectifier player. Okay, cool. I was about to say, it's not a long game, man. That doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Like you get to the gate and you just chuck the ball over the gate because you're like, I don't need this. Just clip <laughs> and it through turns a particular wall. You needed this. Ah, he was breaking the game. Yes. So the game is Rectifier, made for the 2018 Global Game Jam. Uh, how how did you rate the overall like experience and final product, Jacob? Oh, myself? Yeah. Uh, well, for the 48 hours, I'm pretty happy with how it ended up looking. Um, it looks really good. I'm really happy with that. I'll be honest, uh, because I'm a perfectionist, I'm not super happy with the gameplay, but we only had 48 hours, so it's, it's a bit of a challenge to get something working properly in that time. Yeah, so for those who aren't aware, the Global Game Jam, every year it's, just, it's a big game jam where someone has like a group of people have uh, 48 hours to make a game based around the theme, based around a theme that uh, the Global Game Jam Committee uh, dictates. And this year, what was that theme? It was transmission. Cool. And how did you get from the theme of transmission to uh, kind of the idea of Rectifier and, you know, the, the, the gameplay? Well, yeah, uh, one of the first things we tend to do whenever we start something like this you all get together and brainstorm so it was sort of a giant session of me and the three other guys just kind of shooting ideas at each other um but yeah there was there was a lot of thought that went into it it started off with we wanted to transfer energy of some form between things and then we were trying to find different ways we could do that um, we started talking about inspirations like portal um and the witness things like that and then we conveniently, I was working with a few other people that um, I already know quite well and that I'm quite happy to work with. And they were all pretty much on the same page. So we pretty quickly got an idea together, actually. Yeah, cool. And those people you worked with on this, I believe, were Chris Head, David Keep, and Hayden Lander. Yep. Um, what I'm curious is how did you guys like, who did what exactly and how did you kind of delegate the the roles and, and the the jobs that needed to be done yeah so um uh mainly i'm a programmer so i did a lot of the gameplay programming um hayden lander is very much uh more art focused though he's also a brilliant technical programmer so he did a lot of the shader work and things like that um chris head is our audio genius so he did pretty much all the sound the soundtrack and all the sound effects and David was doing our 3D models and some of our animations and things like that. So he made all the general art, but uh, Hayden did all the nice technical stuff. 
and I did the gameplay and the general mechanics. Though Hayden helped with that a lot. Cool. That's very. That's interesting. Like, uh, I guess you guys all had your specialties beforehand, and you kind of knew who was covering what as you went in. Yeah, especially between me and Hayden, um, because Hayden and I have worked together in the past, so we were pretty well versed in each other's skills. And Chris, I've worked with before as well. Uh, David was a new person for me to work with, but he was very happy with doing just the three D art. So cool. Um, going back, you mentioned a couple of inspirations of like Portal and The Witness. Were there any other inspirations going in? Um, and was there like, did people have different ideas of what the final product might look like based on their own uh, like inspirations? So, so the main idea of what it was, like the main game idea was very much between me and Hayden. Um, and initially we probably did have separate ideas, but we solidified it pretty quickly. Um, Transistor was one of the things we quoted as being an inspiration for the art, but I think it probably did deviate from that a little bit by the end. There's a, yeah, I mean, really, there was probably a little bit of a, a disagreement in how exactly it was going to begin with, uh, but with that sort of time frame, you're really pushed into just making something happen. Yeah, I guess that helps part of, that's part of the helping uh, nail it down is just the fact that it's like, well, we can't really fight about this for too long. We have to finish something. Exactly. In, in like past projects, I've had a lot of times where it's, you know, there can be disagreements and it just completely destroys something. But yeah. when you've got such a time limit, it's really hard to be like, oh, well, it has to be my way. And I guess that leans over to like, how was the overall experience like? You've you've done these global game jams before and made some some cool games. How was like this one uh, in comparison? Um, so yeah, uh, I've been doing global game jam for like four or five years now, and um, from the beginning, it's it's a different time. Like every time we do it, it's different. But uh, this time was actually quite good. We all clicked really really well. Um, I think one of the most important parts about something like this is how well you work with your team. And we clicked really quick and things flowed very well. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good experience this year. So I'm just curious, um, do you uh, choose who you're working with or do you kind of get, like, given the team? Um, so generally you get a choice. Uh, yeah, it, after, after you get given the initial theme, everyone goes off and you can decide uh, who you want to work with, if you want to work alone, or if you want to join on to another team that already exists. Some people come in with it uh, prearranged. So Hayden and I had worked together in the past and we were pretty set on working together again. But uh, the additions, uh, Chris and, and David both came in sort of just during the discussion. So, Okay, cool. That's cool. I really love the the global game jam um, whole ex idea and experience. Um, but I think we should let's move a bit more towards talking about the game itself. Um, with like, were there any massive challenges along the way of creating it? Whether it's like on the art side, on the audio side, on the programming side, was there anything that like like stopped the process for just too long? Given that you had forty eight hours. I'd say from, so I think it's different from each of the team members' perspective as to what stopped them the most. But for me, it was definitely the puzzle design stuff. Um, when we went into it, one of the things that stopped us pretty early on was that we didn't have a solid idea of what we wanted the level to be. Um, 
like exactly what puzzles we wanted. We had an idea of the mechanic, how the general mechanic was going to work, but exactly what puzzles and exactly where wasn't really established. And that was kind of a process that I did just throughout the entire game jam was just slowly adding more and more to it. And honestly, I think the game suffers a little bit from it, but uh, it's kind of, again, one of those time constraint things. But yeah, there was very much a whole moment early on where uh, Hayden and I had a sort of tense discussion where it was like, okay, uh, what what are we going to do? What are we going to make? And we were throwing out ideas and nothing was sticking. And eventually I was like, I'm just going to make something and we'll go with that. <laughs> that's that's good. I Because I, I'm aware in game design, there's like sometimes you have those, like when someone has an idea, you iterate a few different versions of them. And I guess you don't really have time to do that in a game jam. You just got to get down and be like, this is, this this is, is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it very much takes that sort of... Um, impulse decision the con- the convenient thing is that when you have a really good team the the sort of impulse decisions that each team member make team uh, tend to be pretty good so it worked out pretty well this time but honestly yeah like if i could have planned out the level better i would have <laughs> well the the level itself looks really good we'll go into the art for a little bit um how did you come to the decision of like a low poly kind of look um and how much control did each individual have over that kind of style and look? Um, so the actual decision to go low poly was maybe a little bit further in than than you'd expect. We we decided to go fairly like flat colors very early, um, transistor style or or um, you know the witness style was kind of a big inspiration there. So we were like, okay, we'll start off with that. But then as I was building the level, as stuff was coming in, there was a moment where I think Hayden stopped everyone and was like, okay, cool, we need to like, all right, uh, go talk to David. David, it all needs to be low poly. Jacob, it, <laughs> we need to find a way to make this terrain low poly. Because initially the terrain was smooth, um, which doesn't look anywhere near as good. Uh, but yeah, um, Hayden was very much the one that drove the art style and he, he made it look good, to be honest. He made it look really good. <laughs> yeah, I think the the low poly uh, design looks suits the suits the atmosphere very well with the the music going on as well. Yeah, I thought it was a really good kind of because that <clears throat> all the artificial looking objects, I should say, like uh, the receivers uh, of the energy is probably the best way to refer to them or you've got the gears you've got even i think just the bricks at the start and Mm. they all look i guess to say high poly that's probably not the exact word to use um but they're not constrained by the triangles yeah yeah that's that's a fair point the 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 design for those things was very much um again hayden was sort of it driving the art david was very much creating it um and all of his designs were based around the idea of sort of flat faces and stuff like that but it's the edges are still smooth and it still looks i suppose not low poly but the uh, design is very flat faced and is meant to be sort of you know cubish 
Well, either way, I think you guys, uh, on any other aspects, I'm not too sure. I'm not a pro. I'm not yet a professional of reading uh, game jam games, but just from looks alone, um, and I haven't played any of the other games, but from thumbnails alone, I should say. And I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you guys <laughs> okay. look a lot better than some of the other uh, games that they have. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really happy with how it ended up looking. It's definitely one of the most impressive looking Global Game Jam games I've ever worked on. Um, probably the most impressive one I've ever worked on, to be honest. I mean, that was very much driven by Hayden and David. Those two did excellent work. Oh, well, well, if you covered the programming, what kind of, like how challenging, I mean, I'm aware that, uh, you know, there's a lot of pre-made tools and, and programs nowadays for creating games. How much, like, how in deep did you have to go for this one, even though um, it was, you know, only 48 hours? So um, uh, this is actually a, an interesting thing about ours is that we didn't use anything that was pre-made. Oh, really? Um, all of the art, all of the programming, all of the music, all of the sound effects were were created on site, um, which is very much a thing that's driven between me and Hayden because both, we both don't like using plugins or anything like that. Probably we could have made a better game if we had uh, you know some tools to help us along the way. But besides Unity um, and Maya and 3DS, I think, for modeling, uh, and whatever audio programs Chris was using, I'm not sure to be honest. Uh, besides the actual programs, we didn't use anything. We just made it all. That's cool. That's really good. Given That's yeah, a very impressive. Short that makes yeah all the more impressive. In fact, uh, were there any like how different was it to like code for this um, in comparison to like a normal game given the time pressure so there are certain shortcuts and stuff that you tend to take when you've got so little time um though it was a point of strange contention between uh, me and hayden in that i was more willing to take shortcuts <laughs> and he's very much a perfectionist in his code as well um so things like i might use a static variable somewhere i don't think we ended up using any at the end but i would take certain shortcuts like that and Hayden would be like, no, it must be perfect. The code must be perfect. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, with the time frame, it's it's the interesting thing is working with another programmer during a time frame like that. Because it, it tends to be that people write code in different ways. So I might write a script and then Hayden will look at it and have no idea what it does <laughs> because it's just not the style that he writes in. Um but it's convenient because we've worked together before, so it wasn't too much of an issue. But we didn't have time to, like, comment our code. If we were writing a game from scratch, like, with a bigger time frame, commenting would have been a huge part of it, making sure that it's clear what the code does so everyone understands versus uh, when you're in a global game jam situation, it's kind of like, I'm just going to chuck some numbers in here that work and I'm not going to explain why they work because I don't have time. <laughs> I was going to ask how many ridiculous comments there would be like, you know, this works for now, but we just got to keep yeah. it because we don't have time. Yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't even really have time to do the comments for that, but there's certainly a lot of that in there. <laughs> 
Uh, what did I want to know? What you like? I know you've done a little bit more like polishing of the game since the Global Game Jam, which is I think a version we played like a little polished. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, what What else do you want to do to it to kind of improve it before any sort of release? Uh, probably I'll redo the level completely. To be honest with you, um, it's one of the failings in that some of the puzzles are a little too easy or at times stupidly difficult. <laughs> um, like there's one puzzle at a certain point where you need to get a, a floating orb in the correct position to activate three pillars to release the ball to let it roll into the place or whatever. And that one, it works, but it's not super clear what you need to do. It's not like if you have two bowls, it's difficult. It's almost impossible. So, and you can easily get the balls there. So something to stop people getting certain, doing certain things would be a good change because there's a lot that, again, it was mostly because of time that there's quite a few design flaws in the, in the um, puzzles themselves. So I'd like to improve those. Yeah. Uh, that's good. You bring that up because I, um, I was playing it uh, a little bit more last night and I now think I'm the world's speed run champion of this game because <laughs> i could break the sanity of some puzzles very easily I, I almost challenged myself to um see how many balls i could carry to the end because <laughs> i think there's some i think i think i broke it beyond things you know that are broken and I, i've got some videos i recorded that I'll, i want to show you later okay <laughs> but i beat the game in like like on a speed run quote unquote in like four minutes I don't know if you feel that's fast or not, but I, I'm proud of myself. No, yeah, that's 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 pretty <laughs> quick. Um, yeah, the one of the one of the hugest things about building this was that we got the mechanics and stuff working first, and the mechanics aren't super simple. Like they seem fairly intuitive to use, but the code behind them and a lot of the structure behind them was a little complicated to get working. Um, even things like just getting the physics to work correctly because everything in the game is physics driven there's no like even the cogs when they mesh that's all physics oh okay um so i spent a lot of time getting those things to work and we we spent less time on level design um which is annoying because the puzzle mechanics are quite good now you can do quite a lot with them and they can be adapted to do quite a lot so there's a big part of me that's like again like i really wish we had more time to work on the level because the last puzzle was done in the last few hours, last hour or two, and it's it's barely even a puzzle, <laughs> to be honest. But it feels cool, and that's what's important. It does feel cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the big improvements we made as well with the... Uh, so you mentioned that the version you played is slightly more polished than the original one. The original one, the character controller, I made the character controller in the first five to ten minutes of the jam. And it didn't change. Um, so things like how far you can jump and you can jump straight over things and you can like get over ledges that you're really not meant to be able to in the original version at least. Um, in the polished version that you guys had, it's more difficult, but still the it's a little floaty and I would have liked to put more time into that as well. Yeah, that's actually one of the questions I have written down here is why did you make the physics so that I slid off and died like 10 times? 
<laughs> or it I, wasn't intentional. <laughs> there's some angles that you can kind of, I guess, bounce yourself on, uh, and it's a hilarious result, but probably not intended. Yeah, well, one of the one of the things that we tried to do, uh, well, this was kind of my driving thing actually, but um, the f- it's all physics based. So the balls have uh, the giant ball that rolls along weighs like over a ton. The character weighs about the standard weight over he's like eighty kilos or something, and all of it is physics based. It uses force, it uses drag, it uses all of that. Um, so a lot of the movement and stuff is based around that as well. And the physics engine in Unity is good, but it it doesn't solve for stupid things that that you know I didn't foresee. Things like yeah, if you're running up a ledge. And then you jump at the end of the ledge, you keep your velocity from running up the ledge. So you jump like three times or four times as far. And you can jump right over certain obstacles. And it's like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, I definitely took advantage of that in my in my world record beating speed run. Uh, <laughs> your world record beating. Yeah, it's so like, many records it's, have been set. I've actually applied to Guinness for it, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> um uh, I was just going to say, because this, yeah. I feel like it comes into the same uh, category as what we were just talking about. Was I supposed to make the spinning bridge stop? Because I didn't, and I just cheesed it. No, you're meant to make the bridge spin. So this is the thing. Ah. Like, that bridge was meant to be a puzzle where um, you couldn't jump across the ledge until the bridge was spinning, and then you had to jump on the bridge, walk across, and jump off. But... Um, the ledge wasn't quite big enough and the way that we built the terrain and stuff, it actually required a, a bit of time. We had to change the terrain, then export it to uh, like a, a raw data file that then Hayden would take into another program and just make it low poly and then send me back a model. So by the time we got all the mechanics working and everything sort of polished and we noticed that you can jump straight over that ledge. It was kind of like, fuck, we don't have enough time to to redo that. And I would have polished that one outside of it. That's kind of annoyed that I didn't, to be honest. Um, but I don't have the program. I don't know how Hayden did it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. We're still in, we're still in alpha or beta. I'm not sure. Um, it's pre-alpha, man. <laughs> pre-alpha. I was going to ask as well, when was the decision made that the main character was a cylinder? I'm pretty sure he's a cylinder. He's a capsule. But yeah. It's a capsule. That's it's a it. Tic Tac. Isn't this is, is Rectifier, the adventures of Tic Tac? <laughs> yeah, so um, the decision was made pretty early that uh, we didn't have enough time to build a character model. So the sta- most characters actually in most games that you play are actually capsules. They just don't look like capsules. They look like full 3D models. Because the physics and stuff for getting a capsule to move is much easier than, say, an actual human. So, yeah, it was kind of just, uh, we don't have enough time to make a character model, so we're going to go with what the default is. See, at first, I wrote the question purely tongue-in-cheek, but ever since you said that it was all physics-based, I kind of did think and realize that it was probably 100% the physics of a capsule is probably yeah. easier yeah. than the physics of a figure. Because the yeah, because the amount of like uh, um, the amount of the character actually touching the ground is much smaller on a capsule, so it's much easier to push it around. 
um, and other things like that, like falling off a ledge, going up edges and stuff like that, works much easier as a capsule. But it does mean you also get stuck in holes more easy, <laughs> which happened to me a couple of times. I got like stuck between one of the receivers and like a wall. Yeah, so that that that's probably my fault to be honest. Um, <laughs> so the some of the changes that I made to the character after we finished the Global Game Jam is um, because people were just jumping up the side of the mountain. <laughs> um, I put a thing in there which it measures the ground below you and if the angle is too sharp, it just doesn't let you do anything so that you just fall back down. But if you get into certain places where the angle is too sharp on all sides, then you just can't move. Yeah, uh, well, that explains a couple of like trying to jump so after that big ball puzzle um with you had to place the the little ball in the right spot for the three receivers and those rocks lower down that you can climb on yeah trying to jump up on those at times is like you just stop on like the corner and you're like uh you have to back up and then try and like jump yeah. over it yeah that's that's another one of those things that came with the uh, that change but it's still better than it was because you used to be able to just yeah essentially if you kept tapping space you could jump up the mountain <laughs> i did try some of that kind of stuff or like i well, drew inspiration i fixed it, I fixed it. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you, you definitely did <laughs> no I, tr- I definitely tried though and i drew inspiration like you did from portal where you could like jump on the boxes in portal and like jump up infinitely kind of thing i tried yeah. some of that on the balls <laughs> um one of the puzzles actually i found there's a really funny moment in the game when i was playing where i was trying to place the ball in the right spot for the three receivers and the little like tetris looking blocks we're like jumping in and out yep and i had i was in the right spot for two of them and the other one like opened and the ball rolled but then it closed like i just nudged out of the spot yeah and it closed and like launched the ball across the map, <laughs> the map. all the way off, <laughs> off the course and i was like well <laughs> goodbye <laughs> but but it reset didn't it yeah it did it did yeah. same with uh I jumped across to where the rail little railroad is with the uh, with the gears and stuff, and tried to take the ball that keeps dropping, but it it resets as soon as you take it away from the zone. Yeah, yeah. I should have like uh, that zone system was added by Hayden last minute, like literally in the last few minutes, um, and specifically for that puzzle. But like in retrospect, I should have used that more, um, though I didn't really have time. But uh, I would have liked to put zones on all of them. <laughs> because you are very much not meant to have two balls for certain puzzles and things like that. So a lot of people were just dragging them with it, but then I kind of got the feeling that people enjoyed doing that. So it's 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 a catch-22 kind of thing. Like from my design, it doesn't work, but if, you, if people enjoy getting as many balls as they want to the top of the mountain, go for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely my one of my the fun things I did. I really loved also just holding, like picking the ball up and like rolling around or like fl- flinging it far away was like fun because it was so smooth. Yeah, one of the one of the early things again was because we decided to do it all very physics based. Is it becomes surprisingly hard to hold something in front of the character with physics because you pick up the ball right and then you you spin around and the ball needs to snap to where you're looking, but then also stop. So if you're pushing it. Because essentially that's what we're doing. We're just pushing it with a direction or a vector. And we go, okay, cool, push towards where the character is holding it. But then by the time it gets there, it's going so fast, it goes straight past. And then it's like, okay, well, now push the other way. And then, okay, 
Now you need to adjust how much you're pushing perfectly so that it looks like it is being held there rather than just sort of like flinging around and being all spastic. I've got some, actually there's a, um, if you look up Jacob the Maker on Twitch, I, I did a stream of while I was developing it and there's some early tests where the ball just goes absolutely insane when you pick it up. <laughs> like just flings around, smashes into everything and I'm like, oh God. I might go check that out. I would, I'm curious, I'd be curious to see behind the scenes stuff now. So maybe I'll, I'll go check that one out. Uh, but it's like four hours, so. <laughs> that's right. I'm sure I'll get time to kill. 14. I can't remember. It's just a long time. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll drop in at some point. I'll have a look and uh, watch the VOD. But um, how much, like, so you guys plan to release this in some capacity. I know you've done some, like, uh, test runs or, or showings at uh, local game events here in Perth. Um, how much more polishing do you plan to do? Uh, and like, like, are you gonna release this and then work on a like a bigger game with a bit more depth and a bit more maybe story or uh, something like that? Because one of the other things I was thinking as I was going, I'm like, you could very easily hide a lot of like cool little secrets here. Like, if you manage to get three balls here, find a receiver that only accepts like three balls, and then unlock I don't know a picture of you <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but like, how yeah, how much more like how what's your vision for this game? You know in the coming months as you finish and release it? So one of the issues that comes with doing a Global Game Jam is very much that like Global Game Jam is when everyone sets aside a lot of time to, to work on one thing pretty 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 much the entire 48 hours. Um, outside of that, though, everyone has their day job and everyone's working. So it's a little hard for us to continue developing it. We are going to, I believe. Hayden and I want to. Um, and I think the others wouldn't mind helping out as well, so that's going to be cool. But there is that sort of time constraint. Exactly what we're going to do, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the sort of world design and stuff that's there was, again, sort of done on the fly, and same with the basic puzzles. So we don't really have like a, this is, you know, this world and this character is so-and-so that does whatever. Um, so a lot of that stuff needs to be established. There'll probably be a lot of design stuff that needs to happen before we really make a new product out of it. Um, but we could certainly develop a few levels, I was thinking initially. Like, okay, we've got this one level at the moment, which honestly isn't that great, but whatever. Um, but we could have several where you're solving maybe a bigger puzzle. Uh, one inspiration was very much The Witness where you go around to each of the towers. Have you guys both played The Witness? Yes, I have. I have cool. not. Um, okay, well, in the thing you go around solving puzzles, but as you solve sections of puzzles, um, a beam of light goes towards the center of the map. It kind of a little bit like a Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, where you get the guys to shoot a Ganon. Yep. Um, very much like that. So I was thinking we could do something like that where each level shoots you know, I don't know, a beam of light or helps to activate some bigger thing and then we can sort of build a narrative around that. Um, Journey was also a bit of an influence in this one, so something along that lines as well where we've got maybe some mystical sort of, you know, secret, you know, this this world is made up of something. We'll be hell vague about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's something that really me and Hayden and the others need to sit down and go through. But we all have day jobs, so it's it's kind of a... Kind of a difficult thing to get done straight away, but certainly I'd like to develop it into something much bigger. Yeah, like don't sell yourself short. This, like what you've done in 48 hours is very good and that's why I'm really keen to see like a 
a fully fledged indie game of this, you know, mm. with, with a little bit of story and a little bit more puzzles, especially towards the end when when you activate the last uh, like eight receivers or whatever, and it like this noise starts going where it's like shooting a cannon or whatever into the sky, like the laser. Yeah. Um, I was like, what's happening? Something important. Um, we so- we had so many ideas for what that meant. <laughs> and and we just we we're, we're not going to say it because we, we think it's more interesting if no one knows. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely be interested in seeing like a a bigger game, you know, come from this. And in the, there have been a lot of successful games from Global Game Jams. Um, I think Keep Talking, Nobody Explodes was a, a game jam game. Surgeon Simulator. Yeah, that one too. Uh, Goat Simulator, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know about that. But um, definitely a lot of Double Fine games, actually. I think they have a big game jam. Uh, Quite a lot of big yeah. studios have like their own ones, which is cool. I'd like to be involved in one of those. Like I know Bethesda does one, which is pretty cool. Like That's how they got their ideas for a lot of their expansions. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I like that it's like it's not just an indie thing that uh, that we that people like you do to craft ideas and, and actually spend some time making games instead of working all day. Um, uh, I, I think we're starting to wrap up here. I've, I've asked everything I think I, I'd well, like to. Do you have any final questions, Matt? Yeah, one last thing, and this is a real generalized question, and not just kind of locked to Global Game Jam, but how much success do you see uh, in this kind of indie side of the industry? Uh, so as a whole, like how successful is indie going to be? Um, I think more like, have you ever had any success stories that you've seen? Uh, uh, yes and no. I mean, the one of the big things about indie is how how good it is for developing things. But I've met quite a few local studios that have had success um amarello from melbourne was a example of that um and quite a few other little games uh symphony for them uh symphony for the machine or from the machine i might have just butchered that but <laughs> from Stirfire um and a few other studios that's a local perth one which is nice um yeah so i think there is potential for a lot of success in the indie scene um but the biggest part of that is very much the people. It's really hard to set aside time to make a game. They're really complicated and, and can be quite difficult to make. Certainly, if you want to set aside enough time to make a good game, it's going to be years of your life, potentially. Um, so I've noticed particularly that a lot of people think that the indie scene is just, you know, oh, you get to make games at home. But there's a lot that goes into it. It's really hard work. So I think as long as you work hard enough, you can have a lot of success in the indie scene. But it's not necessarily like, a you know, rainbows and lollipops. It's, you know, you just get to make games all the time or anything like that. And I get that from students a lot as well. Like I said, I was a teacher. So um, I, get, I get a lot of students that come in with that idea that, oh, indie games. Yeah, I'll get successful off making a Minecraft clone. No, you won't. <laughs> you, you won't you'll get successful if you market something and make it good and spend enough time polishing it but yeah i think there is a lot of potential to make a lot of money the indie scene is huge and it's growing really quickly 
Excellent. Well, thank thank you very much for coming out and taking some time to talk to us about your fantastic little good, global game jam game. Uh, do you have any plugs you want to do before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I mean, check out the game, obviously. Uh, there's a version up on Global Game Jam's website at the moment. It's just called Rectifier. Uh, it's done by myself, Jacob, uh, Hayden Lander, and a bunch of other people. Um, you get the idea. Hayden Lander, David, and Chris. I'll, I'll mention everyone so I don't get wrecked later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, check it out and hopefully give us some feedback and have fun with it. Yeah, well, definitely um, when we release this episode, we'll put links to the game on the Global Game Jam website. And, yeah, Just if anyone has any feedback. Hours. Yeah, no, of course. Like, <laughs> uh, it's, like you said, it's pre-alpha, but it is still a very cool little experience. Um, yeah, we'll put links. If you've got any feedback, you can send it through to us and we'll pass it on or you can send it directly to Jacob. If you've got a Twitter or a, you said jacob the maker on twitch yeah jacob the maker on twitch jacob the maker on twitter as well although you can probably just find me through my full name which is jacob crack should be on the global game jam website and stuff that's true all right well thank you very much cool uh we've learned a lot here um thanks everyone for listening uh if you got yeah if, if you got any interesting insights if you've done a global game jam let us know uh and thanks for listening i've been adrian i've been matt and i've been jacob <laughs> totally just replaced Michael. <laughs> the best Thanks, part everyone. is we did that better than so <laughs> messed up the ending so many times. That was perfect. Maybe we should have Jacob now. He's actually based in WA, so you know it's more wholesome, more local. Yeah, I'd be ha- happy to jump on, but don't make me replace someone. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.